All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Monday, hockey fans, and welcome in to a new week of Daily Faceoff Live, brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Futures bets every game you could dream up this week in both the NHL, NFL, NBA, they got it all covered at Patano 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I'm Tyler Rumjek. He is Frank Saravalli. Fresh off. Oh, my God. Sorry. Fresh off a countrywide flight to get from Philly to Seattle for the Board of Governors meeting. Frank, how did you pass the time on the flight? What are you watching right now? Uh, didn't watch one thing. I mostly sleep? just kind of surfed the Internet. I tried to sleep. Uh-huh. Some turbulence. No, no, no help there. So it was uh, a mostly very boring flight. Frank is grinding today. Will the Board of Governors meeting be boring? I doubt it. So let's jump into it and get a little preview of what could be going on in Seattle with the BOG. Frank, um, I got a couple of things here that I think you're going to tell me about. One of them is expansion going to get talked about this week. Maybe not in a formal way, but I think that's the most interesting part is to try and take the temperature of the league, Tyler, because last Board of Governors meeting in October Commissioner Gary Bettman definitely wasn't shy about hinting at the possibility of it, saying, yes, we're not in expansion mode now, but it's really only a matter of time that the NHL becomes a 34-team league. It may not be tomorrow or next year, but it's in the not-so-distant future. That is for certain. And so when you look at how franchise values have changed in such a monumental way, 31% year-over-year, We're talking about an expansion fee that was 
500 for the Vegas Golden Knights, 650 for the Seattle Kraken. We're talking 1.1, 1.2 billion dollars as an entrance fee into the league, which by the way, players don't get a cut of and the two newest teams don't get a cut of. So you take the 30th, the 30 original teams so to speak, and you divide that 1.2 billion up and that's for one team. All of a sudden that $2.4 billion becomes pretty intoxicating. But I think first, and one of the undercurrents of this Board of Governors meeting, is certainly what's happening with the Arizona Coyotes. In what way? Are we talking about a team that's maybe getting close to figuring things out in Arizona? Or do you think maybe some governors are running out of patience with this whole thing? Oh, I think there's certainly more than a handful of governors that have run out of patience, that you see a team playing in a 4,500-seat arena with no end in sight, uh, that's a revenue suck, not a revenue draw. And I know people will say, oh, but they exceeded what last year's or the last full season in uh, jobbing.com arena. Okay, well, that doesn't matter because, you know, 5% more of nothing is still nothing. So on a grand scheme, the NHL needs to get back to a spot where all 32 teams are currently producing strong revenue and the Coyotes are a significant outlier. So they would sort of lend you to believe that they're getting close to getting a new site together for a new arena. I'm not sold on that. Uh, Tony over in the YouTube wants to know if maybe there's going to be something talked about in terms of uh, protection of players, cut proof equipment, things of that nature, neck protection. We've, we're starting to see, obviously, with the tragic passing of Adam Johnson, a lot of players start to wear neck guards as well. Is the league going to maybe look at something more mandatory? By the way, the IAHF today, earlier today, mandated the use of neck protection for all tournaments moving forward, not just the World Junior. So that was a big step forward for the double IHF. This isn't a sort of hockey specific meeting, if that makes any sense. It's the owners and the presidents from around the league. It's not the GMs. So that was talked about a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure it'll be discussed at some point. But when you look at uh, the overall state of the game, that's sort of what's discussed here. So there will be some salary cap discussion for sure. Some different business things that pop up. Uh, we we mentioned the sort of undercurrent of expansion. Will the temperature be taken of the room? Things like that that really kind of shape these quick two days of meetings in Seattle. Don't think we had a chance to talk about this on Daily Faceoff Live, but you had Marty Walsh on your latest episode of Frankly Speaking, and he had salary cap news as well, right? He said $5 million bump for next season? Yeah, it's not exactly news. It's actually okay. written into the uh, current CBA and the MOU that – the salary cap, if the debt is paid off, will increase by 5% next season. So 5% of 83.5 million bucks, unless it's negotiated for more. Interesting stuff. Uh, Frank will have us covered on dailyfaceoff.com. Everything that breaks out of the Board of Governors meeting. Let's talk about what we saw on the ice this weekend, Frank. A couple of teams out east that have continued to struggle. You see a picture of Dylan Cousins of the Buffalo Sabres there. He had some interesting comments after the team's most recent loss where he talked about how many shot attempts he had and said, listen, I get paid a lot of money to score. I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. There's a lot of guys on that Sabres team not holding up their end of the bargain right now. They have lost three in a row. And I go, whenever there's a team that had expectations that struggles, Frank, I go look at the surface numbers, right? What's their shooting percentage? What's their save percentage? Their shooting percentage is actually up in the top 10 of the league. This isn't really a team that's just been unlucky. And perhaps what's more concerning, Frank, it's the eye test for me. This is a Sabres team that just doesn't look very motivated right now. 
Yeah, I don't know if motivated is the right word. They don't have the same jam that they had yeah. last year, and that part really sticks out to me. I like last year they looked like a team that was intense. They were in the fight. They were competing. Um, they were not an easy out, and I think too often to this point this season they've been a team that's been easy to play against. And are they going to have hiccups? Of course they are. They're you know development. It's hard to do at the NHL level, and it's not a straight line. But when you look at where the, the Sabres are at, and I definitely have real concerns for a team that I thought would be a playoff team this year, just throw back up that board again. Goals for 23rd or 24th. Power play, 25th. Goals against, 23rd. I mean, these are below mediocre numbers. These are closing in on the bottom quartile of the league, and that's not going to get it done for a team that wanted to be in the mix to make the playoffs this year. And I think the hard part for me is, well, what happens next? We know that they were in the hunt for Patrick Kane. They didn't land him. But I can't help but look at a team like Vancouver and how aggressive they've been making five out of the last eight trades in the NHL to try and improve their team on the margins to go from a non-playoff team, which the Sabres were last year and only by a few points, to being in the mix. So the Sabres had playoff aspirations, and they look like they're far away from that. The New Jersey Devils had Stanley Cup aspirations, Frank, and granted, they've battled some significant injuries this year. Jack Hughes missed time. Nico Heischer missed time. Now it's Dougie Hamilton who's on the shelf for the foreseeable future. But, I mean, just with where the bar was set this year in New Jersey, to look at this team only having 23 points in 22 games, to look at how the goaltending's kind of gone, I mean, that goals against per game, 29th in the NHL, Frank. They just they can't outscore their problematic goaltending. And I'm not sure if it's going to get better. Am I right or wrong in my concern in that area? No, I think you're right. And I think the level of concern for the Devils is pretty significant because you were already asking a lot of your defense core. Now you take Dougie Hamilton out for the foreseeable future. A torn pec muscle is no joke. So he's on the shelf. And I already thought that their defense was swimming upstream. And then you look at the goaltending and you say, I don't really have a ton of confidence in Vitek Vanacek. Akira Schmid still has a long way to go. And you look at those two guys and you're like, who is going to bail this team out? Who on this defense core is going to step up and help right the ship? It's great that, and it's exciting that you have someone like Simone Nemitz, uh, step into the lineup. And I thought he looked great. Um, you know, the other night when he played, but that's a huge ask. And I think you're, you're, you're taking these things and you're mashing them all together. And you're saying, can the devils make the playoffs? Yes, they can. And in fact, I would say it's not likely, but it's, they've got a real good chance to beat out some of those teams that are in the mix for a wild card spot or that third spot in their division. But I've definitely, they're not in my Stanley cup contender category. And it's not a work thing with them. It's not an intensity yet. Sometimes I watch that team and I think they want it too much, but I don't know where the reinforcements are coming from. I don't know that Vanacek and Schmidt are going to start playing at a 905 level or a 910 level to help dig this team out. And certainly not the problems compounding on their blue line. I think they've got to be in trade mode to try and help fix this team and, and provide some support defensively. Lindy Ruff's got a new extension. He's not going anywhere. Don Granado seems to be an integral part of that group in Buffalo. He's probably not going anywhere, Frank. I don't think either of those two sides are getting a new coach bump anytime soon. 
like what the Minnesota Wild have gotten over the last seven to 10 days here. John Hines takes over, and it is a perfect 3-0 run with their new bench boss. They are starting to score again. Granted, it is coming from every part of their lineup. Connor Dewar with a hat trick the other night. But perhaps the most noticeable number on this graphic here is the goals against three. You and I were talking about the Oilers the other day, and I said, listen, this Oilers team is starting to win, and it has nothing to do with the new coach. They could have kept Jay Woodcroft and probably gone on a similar run. I'm looking at this Minnesota Wild team get a bit of a bump since their coaching change, but I'm going, they could have gotten this bump under uh, without the coaching change because they're just getting the goaltending that they honestly probably should have been getting all along. Three straight games with exactly one goal against. That's been the driving force here for me. Well, leave that board up for a second, Gav. And the the reason why they're 3-0 and to me is the last number, PK. Mm. When you're at 65% for the season and you can't get a save and you can't keep the puck out of your net on the PK, you're again, you're swimming upstream every night. You're, you're fighting a losing battle. And so I look at this team, though, from a 30,000-foot view, and I think they probably would have had the same changes that you're seeing from, you know, John Hines now that they would have gotten under Dean Evason. You know, Matt Boldy scores. He had 30 goals last year. He had one or two under Dean Evason this year. Like, at some point, that was going to change. And now that has started to shift. And suddenly, everyone kind of starts to play better. They make subtle little tweaks. You're not overhauling your PK in a three-game span, a one-week span. But little things can go a long way. And so the coaching bump has been nice. I guess we'll see at the end of the year whether they really needed to or not, or does this team settle back into some of the old issues that they had. I get why teams make the move. Not entirely sold that they needed to. Yeah, and I, it, that was exactly my point there. You mentioned the PK. I mean, good PK numbers and good goaltending also go hand in hand, right, Frank? Of like, course. I, I know structurally they look a little bit different, but like your goalie's got to be your best penalty killer too. So, I mean, I, I just wonder if things would have just naturally turned around in both Minnesota and Edmonton, you, regardless, two teams back on track. You mix in a Chicago Blackhawks too, like that'll help in terms of trying to feel good about where your game is. Yeah, without a doubt. So Minnesota looking to get back in the mix. Three wins in a row. That will certainly help. Uh, let's play our little Monday game. Frank, it's time for some fair or foul on Daily Faceoff Live. And you see the guy in the picture at the bottom? That's our Temi Panarin. He's coming off a hat trick against the San Jose Sharks. Five goals, nine points in his last five games. He is keeping up his strong, strong start to the season here as we head into the second quarter of this campaign. Here is your first fair or foul. If the season ended today, Artemi Panarin, Hart Trophy finalist. Fair foul? Fair. I think mm. he's been that good. I think the point streak to start the year has been that good. Uh, I'll throw another guy into the mix. Nikita Kucherov has certainly been toward the top of that list for me. You can pick one of the Canucks guys if you're so bold. Um, but I think Panarin has been electric to start this year. And there's just been like a really nice connection between – Peter Laviolette and Artemi Panarin. You know, you you think back to Gerard Gallant and his tenure in New York, and he was always kind of like needling at Panarin. Like, I need more. I need him to play with structure. I need this. I need that. And it was like, that's that's not going to help get him where he needs to go. And when you hear and listen to Peter Laviolette talk about the way he's built up Panarin and, and views him as part of their overall success – 
I just think that breeds confidence and success for one of the very best players in the league who's gotten to another level this year. Ever since Panarin left Chicago, he's always been like an assist guy, right? Like he had a couple 30-goal seasons with the Hawks, and then since then, just one 30-goal campaign since he left Chicago. Always an assist guy, and one thing that stands out just as I read his box cars from this year, Frank, he's shooting the puck like crazy. He's averaging almost four shots a game this year. 89 shots in 23 games. Last year, he had 204 shots in a full 82-game campaign. It's it's fascinating to see talented, talented hockey players like this. It just clicks that, like, oh, if I shoot the puck, I'm very good, and I will start scoring goals. Let me give you a fair foul. We didn't we didn't talk about this before. Yep. The New York Rangers are the best team in the East, fair or foul? I, I think it's fair, and I've, I've been saying that, I think, for a week. I think this team, when you look at them on paper, we probably should have been higher on them. Vesna caliber goalie, Norris caliber D-man, and a top six that can hit you in a bunch of different ways, especially with someone like Alexi Lafreniere starting to look like a legit top six guy. They're good, very good. Yeah, but think about all the injuries that they've had this year. That's the craziest part is that they've been this good with all these guys missing at varying points. All right, Frank, second uh, fair foul for you. Let's head out west. Our friends over at moneypuck.com have the Arizona Coyotes at a 68% chance to make the postseason. Fair or foul, Coyotes are a playoff team. I think it's fair. I mean, I I think you want to look at this start and say that there's a lot trending in the right direction. I think, um, will they ultimately get there? They've got to fend off some pretty good teams, I think. Like, you look at the Wild now, 3-0 under John Hines. Like how, They're not very far away from the Coyotes in the standings already. And the Edmonton Oilers have won four in a row. I mean, how long until they rip off nine out of ten games? Those are the teams that I'm worried about the Coyotes fending off. If, if, if it means competing with the Blues, the Preds, the Kraken, I think the Coyotes have already shown that they're in that class of team. But I think 68 or 69% sounds pretty high to me. Yeah, it seems a tad high. Like before I looked up the numbers, I was going to float you 50-50 as the chance. And then when I saw 68, I was like, oh, my God. But uh, the true Arizona Coyotes experience, I guess, in the first 15 minutes of this week's run on DFO Live, we've talked about relocation and playoff chances with the Yotes. Uh, let's get to our big segment for today. It's the Coach's Room with John Goyens. Always a pleasure to welcome John back to the program. As always, it is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. Five John Goyans. Every week we task you with going out and finding us a good coaching breakdown topic. And this one, it's juicy if I'm being honest. It's the Pittsburgh Penguins power play. They go out, make the big splash. Eric Carlson comes to town in the summer. And yet through 20 some odd games, it feels like there's maybe a chemistry problem in Pittsburgh. It seems that way. And I get tasked with, uh, you know, uh, presenting and critiquing. But I think it's very fair that uh, a power play that's loaded with uh, future Hall of Famers is just not clicking. It's just not clicking. Last year, they were 21.7% on the power play, 14th in the NHL. So what do they do? They go out and make a huge splash in getting Eric Carlson. But it's just not working. And you could look at all kinds of categories, but at the end of the day, they're going to be measured on what? Does the puck go in the net or doesn't it? 
And, you know, you got Malkin at six points on the power play right now. He's leading the team after 24 games and uh, sorry, 23 games. And that's just not good enough for a team that's supposed to be making another push into the playoffs. So, John, when you look at this power play, which has really struggled, especially in the last 10 games, and by the way, they were already tinkering with their units on Sunday at practice, throwing Latang back on that PP1 to go with two defensemen and three forwards. What sticks out to you as the area that they've struggled the most on their power play? Well, first, let's start on that fact that they're going to bring in Latang. They they tinkered with that a little bit, going with three three forwards and two defensemen on the power play, which a lot of teams don't do. But when you have an elite uh, duo like Latang and Carlson, why not? But at this point, Latang has played almost 50 fewer minutes on the power play than Eric Carlson. And when you look at it, there's areas of their zone entries with uh, successful play after is real low. It's real low. Their face-off wins uh, in the offensive zone is sitting around 19th or 20th. But more importantly, it's the shots and the quality of shots. And another stat that let's take it even a step further, there's 0% on the power play in the last 10 games. They're actually negative 7.7% on a net power play because of the shorthanded goals against. So they've got 87 shots at shot attempts, 38 have hit the net. However, 45 of those shots have come from outside the slot. So you're talking not even 50%, 43.6% of your shots on the power play are hitting the net. You're not going to score. You're not going to generate a lot of confidence or generate a lot of momentum, let alone putting the puck across the line. So let's break down some film here, John. What else are you noticing with this Penguins power play, both in terms of what's not working? And is there maybe some things you're looking at and going that could give Penguins fans hope? Yeah, and before we uh, before we fire up the video here, I specifically looked at clips that included uh, losses against Carolina where they lost with an empty netter, the Rangers 1-0, Buffalo 3-2, Nashville 3-2 in overtime, and Philadelphia recently where they went 0-5, including a power play in overtime. That could be a big game difference, right? They're 4-4-2. You score two power play goals in that sequence – and you're probably six and four. That's a big jump in the standings. That's a big jump in confidence. So as we fire it up, I'm going to be the nice guy. I'm going to start with the, the areas where I think it's just missing a little bit. Here's that Crosby first post little redirect. He and Chris Kreider are awesome at doing that. So that's within an inch of going in. Here they're going to draw Buffalo out of position. They they hit the pocket so they could freeze. And now you got Sid, the kid, taking this one tee. We've seen him score here for years. A matter of inches, it's in the back of the net. Now they get some movement going around. Watch Crosby. He's just going to sneak to the inside and get that little redirect. Again, it's a matter of inches. And there's way more. Here there's a double clutch, a slight hesitation on a bubble puck. Yet here is a rebound. Boom. Philly goalie's got to make a hell of a save. So they're showing some moments here when when they move the puck quickly, when they jump into space like Brian Rust right here, and they get those quick strikes, they're going to generate opportunities. And even on their second power play, broken play, steal, Riley Smith, we all know 
probably one of the more underrated guys in the last eight years in terms of his skill set and his effectiveness in many facets of the game. And one other element that Pitt has started to do is quick strikes off the power play. And again, one bounce goes slightly askew, and all of a sudden it's not in the back of the net. So now there's a little bit of hesitation, right? Right here, he sees the lanes wide open to Malkin. I've talked about underhandling pucks on the power play. He overhandles, windows closed. We talk about shooting from high percentage areas or creating two-on-ones. you got a backdoor play. Nylander forces the stuff in. As the play develops, lack of poise at times can affect everybody. So, Gavin, let's keep it rolling. And now we're going to see some of the superstars forcing shots from low percentage plays. Yes, that's Sidney Crosby. They're up to one. He can look to make another play and create more opportunity. This is that Philly game just recently. Four on three power play. This could be a huge two points. That's a wasted slap shot from Malkin. So as we see these clips kind of create this frustration, that's because there's a bit of a lack of poise. And because the power play hasn't been clicking, all of a sudden guys are just forcing and forcing and forcing. And it's not the regular cast of characters that you would think would maybe lack poise, which is now... Uh, restraining them from really showcasing their skill set. Here's a one T from the power uh, PP2, and it's just a wasted one T. So they've got to get back to creating two on ones, creating quick strikes, and they got to have way more swagger because people still fear those guys when they jump on the ice. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating, John, to see the frustration come out in some of their stars. Many of them have been together for 17 years together on one power play unit, Latang, Malkin, and Crosby, that all of a sudden you change it up. We knew that there were going to be hiccups, but quick question for you. Give me like a 10-second answer. If you were to design the ideal Penguins power play unit for today, which five guys are you using? I might honestly, for a nice five-game segment, put Chris Latang out there. I'm not going to lie. I know him and I've worked with him. But the thing is, is the power play, that group has been more effective with him than without him. Then it's then maybe let Carlson wander around to the, the weak side goal line and play the flank and have flanks with Malkin on one side and Carlson on the other side and then get Crosby wandering. That's when he's at his best. So I think that would be the best thing. And then let their instincts and their talent take over and take charge. They'll have ownership on it. It'll be interesting to see if Pittsburgh can turn it around. A hot power play could certainly help them get back in the mix in the Eastern Conference. Always good stuff from you, John Goins, every Monday here on the show with the Coaches Room. We'll chat with you again next week. Have a good one. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Frank, that Leafs. Bruins game, that was a regular season classic on Saturday night. Hockey Night Canada, Brad Marchand scores the OT winner. He also had himself a hell of a weekend. It was this broken play in center ice. William Nylander falls down, and it ends up being kind of a weird two-on-one after the breakaway. But the thing that had Leafs fans fired up after you see Brad Marchand score the goal was this from John Tavares, who was at the far blue line and doesn't exactly hustle to get back into the play. I want one word on this shift from John Tavares and the reaction to it. 
In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. tired mm. I, I mean three on three happens so fast like you look how far ahead those guys are not to say like he obviously he could have done more to get in the play but the nature of three on three and what makes it so dangerous is if you're out of the mix you basically have no prayer to get back in yeah. and the other part is once you are not in the mix and not in the play because the game changes so fast, you might actually want to stay pretty far away so that you might be able to generate an opportunity the other direction. Just my thought process, fair to criticize because effort is one thing that you can control. But I look at that and I say, it was probably wasted energy if you would have tried to fly back into the zone. Yeah, that's that's exactly why I wanted it brought up. Not to roast John Tavares at all. My word was going to be overblown. Like how many times in three on three do we see missed breakaway? breakaway the other way John Tavares was never getting back in that play on the initial look he thinks it's a breakaway for Pasternak that's either getting stopped and turned around or going in and there's no point so I actually didn't hate it at all I felt like Leafs fans were just letting out their frustration a little bit on a Saturday night and quickly one more ask DFO do you like the three by four extension for Nino Niederreiter in Winnipeg yeah I think he's the perfect sort of no maintenance player he's a nice secondary scoring piece four million bucks isn't going to break the bank and I think if you're Winnipeg, anytime you get someone that wants to stay and you like the fit, do it because mm -hmm. it's hard to acquire guys that want to be there. All right, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets over on Botano.ca. A couple of plays for tonight. I'm going to call them half unit plays, though, Frank. The first one is the over between Dallas and Tampa. The Stars lit up the Bolts over the weekend and... I kind of like them to get some offense going again. I don't think Tampa Bay's offense gonna, is going to be kept at bay for back-to-back -back games. Obviously, they just scored the one goal. So give me the over at almost even money between Dallas and Tampa. And then there's Montreal taking Seattle. Seattle, just three wins in their last 10. And you're saying, Tyler, Montreal only has three wins in their last 10. Sure, Montreal's been a hair better at home, though, than on the road. Seattle, not a great road team this year. I think this should be closer to a pick -em, if we're being totally honest between these two. So give me Montreal at a very nice plus 130 
on home ice. I know the Habs haven't had a great season in terms of picking up regulation wins, but they've actually won. I mean, come on, 10 wins in 14 or in 24 games. I'll take plus 130 when they're playing a team that's not exactly playing well this year either, which brings us to garbage time, Frank, which is brought to you by Wendy's and the Wendy's Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. Whatever your picks are, it's all about finding the right combo. And here's the big secret to lineups, Frank. Wendy's likes to say it's syrup-dipitous, just like their new limited edition chicken strips and French toast sticks. I need to give a shout-out here, Frank. There were seven people out of the 500 and some that entered last week that managed to go a perfect four for four and will win a prize from Wendy's. One of them is is my brother-in-law, Kelly, who was uh, very excited yesterday. uh, Definitely wasn't me or you because we can't get out of the first day. Uh, But it all resets today. Yeah, new week. Let's go. New week. Giddy up. Uh, Garbage time for me, Frank. A couple of players hit the 1,000 game mark over the weekend, both doing it in very interesting ways. You had Matt Duchesne on one hand, getting to 1,000 with a handful of different teams working his way through the league. And then there's Victor Hedman. Our pal Ufe Bowden up at dailyfaceoff.com wrote a great piece on Victor Hedman and noted that back in his first NHL game, he played north of 26 minutes. That is absolutely mind-blowing. Also, the Tampa Bay Lightning shared a great story. Uh, Hedman's father wrote a nice story on his son hitting that 1,000 game mark as well. So a great moment for Victor Hedman. I mean, a draft pick that just worked out way better than you could ever imagine. Second overall in 09, and he's become, you know, maybe not the face of the franchise because of guys like Stamkos and Kucherov over the years, but an absolute mainstay on that Bolts team and a big reason why they got all those cup rings. Yeah, and a big reason why, if they're going to have any success this season, it's going to be on the back of Victor Hedman. Yeah, Kucherov has been great, and Vasilevsky will find his game, but Hedman's quietly back on the level that he should be after a down year last year, and so nice to see his game trending in a positive, tip-top direction again. Absolutely. That is a wrap on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. If you're watching on that DFO YouTube, hit the like button before you close your window for Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff, our two great producers, John Goyens as well for a great segment. Thanks for watching, and we'll be back next or tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. you got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? 
that's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.